Party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Matthew Gravelin for a game of Tapestry. Tapestry is a blank slate, mint tin, card-based storytelling game in which players literally weave together narrative threads to create a winding, complicated, beautiful, rich, layered story that can span any number of settings, genres, or themes that you have in mind. Matthew and I played the game. We created a slice of life, cartoon network sort of inspired uh, game storytelling game that really, I think, invokes some really beautiful imagery and themes. And it's it's honestly just one thing that I'm really, really proud of. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I think that you're really going to enjoy it. So I really can't wait for you to listen to it. Um, Tapestry is a great game. I loved playing it. I think you're really going to enjoy it. You can learn more about Tapestry by going to Mr. Matthew, that's mr-matthew.itch.io slash tapestry, or head to the show notes for more information. Now, briefly, before we dive in, I do want to mention that we are still in our year-end Patreon pledge drive to raise money for better guest payments for guests, as well as paying Jen and I for our time producing the show and eventually hiring editing support to take on some of the editing work of the show. Uh, Along those lines, I do want to thank our newest Patreon backers, uh, Mossy, Laura Furbs, Dangerous Commie Subversive, Fiona, Jack John Grogan, and Ben Wallace for your support. We really appreciate it. Thank you for helping make the show possible, as well as helping us do bigger, better, and cooler things with the show. Patreon backers get early access to episodes, raw audio from episodes, exclusive podcasts such as Party of None, an actual-ish play podcast focused on single-player role-playing games, as well as Jeff Stormer Podcaster for Hire, an improvised USA Network-style original series where I solve crimes that occasionally have something to do with podcasting. You can find all of that and more at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, I'm so excited to be sitting out with Matthew Gravelin. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I could not be more excited today. I am, I've been looking forward to this recording. I think this is going to be a blast. But uh, at the top of our episode, why don't you let our lovely listeners at home know about exactly what we're playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Yeah, um, so I'm Matthew Gravelin. Uh, I'm a game designer, writer, editor. You might know me from such things as uh, Mall Kids, Clever Girl, Humblewood. Uh, today we're going to be playing um, one of my favorite games that I've designed, which is called Tapestry. Um, and Tapestry is a mint tin storytelling game. Um, that uses um, kind of like free word association to tell uh, virtually any any story that you want to tell. I love it. I, I It was one of those pitches that you threw it out and I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. I'm excited to see how this plays out immediately. Uh, I'm pretty jazzed about it. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in? Yeah, definitely. So um, like I said, it's a it's a mint tin game. So like literally everything comes in this mint tin. Um, if you have a physical copy, it's a little rules book, uh, deck of cards and a bunch of tokens. We're going to be replicating that digitally um, in, a, in a virtual platform. Uh, but the process is basically the same. Uh, we're going to get some cards. We're going to first use those cards to kind of create uh, some characters that we want to explore. And then we're going to use some of those cards to create a story that we want to tell. So I, I often tell people the most difficult part of the game is deciding what you want to tell your story about. Um, mm-hmm. So there's nothing in the game really for that. I suppose you could like draw cards and get inspiration. But um, so, so if there's anything that you've been like uh, 
consuming in media or reading or just kind of interesting like story that you want to tell. We can do anything from superheroes to sci-fi to high fantasy. It's it's all on the table. I was going to I was going to say just to throw it out. What's the last what's the last movie, TV show or book or comic that you really that you read that really like got your wheels spinning? Um, you know, <laughs> Um, the, the serious, the, the true honest answer to that is Craig of the Creek. Um, mm. my, my son just discovered Craig of the Creek on HBO Max and, um, it's been on the background. He watches a lot of cartoons. Um, but I kind of like caught a glimpse of it out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, oh wait, this is my entire childhood in the nineties. So, um, I've actually been spinning my wheels a lot on like, what about this is so interesting to me. And I think it's like this, um, combination of the mundane and the fantastical to these kids mm. everything they're doing is so important and so magical and to everybody who's like you know all the adults looking on it's just like kids with sticks in the woods so my answer is uh is slightly similar in a lot of respects and this is this is also me being 110 percent honest uh <laughs> i i could give i could give better answers but i have to be i have to be real with my answer my answer is also a story about young people uh, experiencing the world in that mix between uh, the fantastical and the mundane. It's maybe slightly less. Maybe maybe it's not quite as. Uh, it's Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that recently. I watched that last <laughs> week, and uh, it really hit all of my buttons. And that it was an immaculately. Uh, crass and silly and unsophisticated affair and something about watching these two uh dirtbag shitty teenagers stumble through the world really really hit all of my buttons in a way that i fully was not prepared for yeah that that has to be like the most eloquent and generous description of beavis and butthead (laughs) i've ever heard in my life and it's not wrong it's it's actually very accurate (laughs) It, it comes from a place of uh, it comes from a place of more love than I'm willing to admit is what I will say. So then, what I'm hearing, and maybe it's it's maybe we cut the middle, and it is what I'm hearing is that like, what if the story is uh like a kids on bikes style, like uh young people on an adventure thing, where that that line between the fantastical and the and the mundane is like thoroughly blurred. Yeah, I love it. That seems like that's where our headspaces have been, and that feels like a good, that feels like a fruitful thing to explore. Yeah, I like it. Um, all, right, all right, so where are we, how do we, where do we kick off from here? So I'm going to, I'm dealing some cards to us, some digital cards here. Um, so just as kind of like an overview, the, the cards in Tapestry are domino cards. So they are exactly twice as tall as mm. they are mm-hmm. wide. So we will be overlapping them in the course of play in a couple of different ways, but they'll always kind of like fit together perfectly. Got it. And then on each end of the card, so there's two ends, there's a adjective noun phrase is usually the form it takes, and it's intentionally vague. You're supposed to be able to look at these words, and they might stir something in you just naturally, right? Like joyous noise might mean something to you if you were like a band kid or grew up in a church setting or something like that. Um, but some of these Phrases might have absolutely no inherent meaning. They will have meaning in the context of the story we start telling. So once we start going and you see the card intangible worth, you know, to our kids on bikes, kids, that might be, that might mean something different there than it would, you know, mean to you, Jeff, or me, Mm -hmm. Matthew. 
So that's what we have in our hands right now. There's a deck of 48 of them that we'll be playing through, um, and we'll be making some cool shapes in this um, digital realm. Um, the first shape that we need to make, though, um, is technically impossible for us to make in a digital space, but you normally make this like overlapping kind of uh, knot, Celtic knot style. So you're mm-hmm. going to choose four of these cards, and you're going to choose four of the prompts, basically. And you're going to use those to interpret your character. So you're going to choose one to be their motivation, desire, or goal. You're going to choose two of these prompts to be their skills, talents, or unique abilities. And then you're going to choose one prompt to be their flaw, hindrance, or shortcoming. Again, you have five cards with two prompts each. So there's a little bit to look at here. Um, I always recommend just kind of like go with your gut, right? Like whatever like pops into your head first, whichever of these words is like drawing your attention, just run with it because you can kind of like sit and look at these words forever, but it's supposed to be interpretive. So, you know, whatever catches your eye and then you can put them onto the the play space here if you want to like rotate them and, and see yeah. them in, in, in a different uh, orientation. Um, I always find that that's really helpful to like spin them around and play with them a little bit. All right. A character is immediately taking shape and I'm just mm-hmm. gonna, I'm putting down my cards in order and I'll rotate this one. I know I'm kind of doing that too. I'm like, maybe I should rotate these. And I'm like, no, I'm kind of like in the words I see here. So I think I'm just, yeah, I think I'm going to just take them literally straight up in the order that they arrived in my hand and, and tell a little story about my kid here. Now I, I have a, uh, there's, there's one of these cards mm-hmm. that I am going to ask you about. Cause it's kind of a big twist. Mm hmm. That I, I I kind of I want to know. There's two ways I could take this. Mm-hmm. As I am looking, as I am looking, uh, I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna arrange these in just the in in the order, and all of the text that is facing up is the things that I want to go with. But one of these Perfect. cards. So why don't we talk through our characters? Talk through the choices that we've made. Once you've got your four, and then we'll kind of work out, and then I'll throw you the two options that I'm staring at, and we'll kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm good. Uh, all right. Talk me through. Talk me through what you got. Okay. So I I took these as is and and I like them. So I I went with joyous noise. Um, I I am a band kid. I also grew up in a church setting and um, joyous noise to me is handbell choir. So I think this is a kid who um, maybe isn't the most religious, but like just to, to, you know goes to church because of the family and that's what they do. Um, and, and would otherwise just kind of slog through it, but because that there is a, like a musical opportunity, um, and I'm just going to say it's handbell choir, just because there's a musical opportunity there. Like there, there is something that they can, they can get there. That feels good. So for the skills I chose, pleasing aroma and new opportunity and pleasing aroma to me was, um, like baking and cooking. I think that this kid has, um, such an unreasonable grasp of culinary arts for their age, um, that, you know, I, I think they're like known for that. That's like their, their kid persona that literally everybody knows. It's the, the only kid who can cook like this. Um, and then new opportunity. I think this kid can also see things in different perspectives. They can always see a different angle. They can always see a different avenue. And then I went with a resting event as my shortcoming. And I think I'm going to interpret that literally and say that this kid was arrested mm. um, at, at some point. And I don't think it was like them being malicious or harmful. I think it was like they got caught up with the wrong kids, like wrong place, wrong time type of situation, but they were arrested. You know, it's like on their juvie record now, 
like they have to go to like a, a special counseling session or something mm-hmm. at school every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, so I think it's more of a persona thing now. It's more of like a, a you know, a kid urban legend, like, oh, that kid, that kid got arrested. And every time the story gets told, the reason they got arrested is more and more outrageous. It was probably something stupid, like they were nearby somebody graffitiing them all or whatever. Um, but like, I think that, um, that precedes them all the time. So that becomes kind of an influence of how people think about this kid. I love that. I love that. So I'm going to talk through three of my three of my options and I will and then I'm going to throw you the fourth one because there's two very, very, very <laughs> good and very funny and very fun possibilities for what this fourth option is. So uh, for my motivation, I chose natural leader. Um, but I take that specifically and not meaning that, that, that he wants kids to or wants people to follow him. I think he wants people to see him as cool. And this maps very nicely to the side card, the, the first skill that I picked, which is unnecessary risk. Um, pulling from other things that I, that I honestly love with all of my heart. The vibe that I get is, is Rod from Hot Rod is like a teenage stunt artist. Yes. I think that is extremely fun. And the, the, the bottom card that I chose is, uh, is cold shoulder because I think obviously this kid see, uh, feels the need. This like, I'm picturing him as like six, the 16 year old feels the need to be disaffected and badass instead of letting people in. Right. Like has cultivated mm-hmm. the persona of the, of the stunt star and is like living that, uh, is living that, that uh that lifestyle and is like keeping that persona at at the detriment to maybe maybe his personal life now I love it. which leaves us with the other skill i have two options here mm-hmm. both of which are fun but one of which throws the game in a very specific direction <laughs> and um i will say uh from a safety note uh, uh i will keep the specifics of, of one of the options at arm's length but like i think it is a fun inciting incident Yep. So the two options I have are grand entrance, which I would interpret as like is as like knows how to make an entrance, knows the knows the persona and plays it very well. The other one I have is untimely end, which means that this character might be a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the great part about this is you can see the cards coming up, you know, yeah. whether you're playing digitally or physically, you can see the other people's cards and it's hard not to have an opinion about them. Um, and I think that this is like some kind of slim down tarot type of, uh, right. assessment, but like we both looked at that card and had the exact same thought that he right? might be a ghost, that he's a ghost kid. Yeah. Like, All right, 100%. Yeah, I, think this, I think this kid is a ghost. I, cause, and like the idea that like, I'm going to throw out, I think the idea that this, this, this kid, I'm going, I'm, I'm giving him a name and it's, it's, his name is Chum Squirrely. Chum is, is the, is the quintessential, uh, legend of that kid that died that one time. Oh, absolutely. And like, I think that's as deep as I want to get. Like it might, there might just be like a hint of like, it was a sick jump that went wrong or something, but like, we never see it. We don't know it, but like the idea that just this ghost kid has shown up for this at this moment, uh, Mm -hmm. for your character is like extremely fun to me. Oh, I... I just had such a stunning visual, like the the clothes and like the bike that they still have as like their ghost bike is like so at least a generation ago. Right. So oh, like yeah. if we're if we're like 80s, 90s, that bike is at least like 50s, 60s, 70s. Right. Like. Oh, yeah. So and and it's like a sight gag in in the like the film or, or TV adaptation of this story. It's like 
my my kid is doesn't know. My kid doesn't have a like a fashion history background. So like, but we as the viewers look at that and be like, that kid's at least thirty years older. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And like, especially I I I you mentioned like yeah, fifties sixties. I'm looking at photos of like the fifties vintage bikes, and like mm-hmm. I that's forgot it. that the bike that Pee Wee Herman has in Pee Wee's Big Adventure is like an old fifties bike, and that like yep. Red Rider bike is so visually good that like. You could picture a stunt kid. You could picture like a, a teenage stunt star riding this bike around doing mm-hmm. doing sick flips. I love it. That's great. I love that a whole lot. Awesome. So we can now take the time to to kind of like um, specifically name and pronouns for kids is kind of like a bare minimum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to add any more, we can. I, I don't often add too much here. I like to explore it through play. So yeah, I, for my kid, I think it's, um, I don't know why Terrence popped into my head, but I think Terrence is their name and it's they, them. Got it. And we, and you already said it's a chum. No, I, I, I had, I, I had a name or I had a, (laughs) so I had a stage name Mm -hmm. and I went, that feels on the nose. And then I switched it and then went, I think it's much funnier if it is accidentally on the nose. So chum's stage name is the phantom. Love and it. I think he recognizes, I think he's come to recognize the irony of that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I love these two kids already. These are, <laughs> these, are two, these are two good kids. Look, this is my favorite game for a reason. Like, it's just so unassuming. And I think that's why it's so hard to, like, sell people on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've never had a mediocre play of this game. Like, this game is always good. It is always like so inviting every time I play it. So um, this, I wish more people would play tapestry. So hopefully, hopefully someone out there will hear this and go, Hey, I want to play that game. Uh, I'm already having a blast with it. This is great. All (laughs) All right. right. So we've created, so we've made our, our characters. What are we doing now? Yeah. So we should have one card left in our hand. Yes. And this card is going to represent a relationship. Um, so this game can be played with mul- with more people. So this would usually be the relationship between your character and the character on your left. So, but because it's just um, uh, you and I and we're playing, we can basically each have like uh, a multifaceted relationship with each other. We can just basically point this card at each other. Yeah. Um, so my last card says intangible worth and storied past. And um, I think... I think mainly to <laughs> never before have these literal meanings been so good. <laughs> Those I think are both it, very good. I think intangible worth, like y- you are intangible. And I think like there's like, that's what I'm seeing is like, I, I think there is like so much value in my relationship to chum because they, they, they cannot be quantified. They are not, they're not valuable, quote unquote, to me in any real world way. They are only valuable to me, pu- like they are the purest iteration of a, of a child friendship. Like they're just there yeah. to be with me. So I think that's what that is. And I think the intangible part is just like the tongue in cheek, like that feels wording. good. Uh, so mine are loving embrace and unique events. And on the literal and metaphorical <laughs> level, I am. Uh, on the literal and metaphorical level, I am uh, putting down or I'm pointing at you unique events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it is very specifically using using another cartoon idea as an example. I picture this as uh, a the fact that that this is a ghost that shows up and hangs out with you and goes on adventures with you is very unique. But I think it is specifically 
going back to what you were saying about Craig of the Creek and also like I'm picturing kind of a Jake from Adventure Time of like we're buddies that go on it on like adventures, right? I think that I think that maybe and I was thinking about this and like there's a specific there's a specific ghost kid trope that I'm not as interested in and I think this is a good subversion of it. Mhm. I I was like I was like I I initially was going to throw out like maybe you're the only one that can see that can see Chum and I was like I I'm not as into that but I almost like the idea that like Chum kind of shows up when when a kid is going on a cool adventure. Mm. And you just happen to go on a lot more cool adventures, like by virtue of like random yeah, yeah. chance, like you just end up in a lot more places where the ghost, of, the ghost of a of a cool stunt kid that haunts this, that haunts this like middle school or small town happens to show up and hang around with you a lot. Yeah, that actually works perfectly because in my head, I had like like an origin story where. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was in trouble. I was doing something a bit risky and dangerous. And that is when we first met. So like our relationship is contextualized in the notion of adventure and, and, and danger. Like, and to exactly what you were saying, maybe you're not around as much when I'm doing boring mundane stuff. So the, the, uh, you know, entity that is our relationship is purely and strictly adventure based. Yeah, that feels very, very good. I like that I like a it. lot. Cool. Um, awesome. So we have now completed character creation. What we're going to do is start playing um, the game proper here. Usually Tapestry um, is played over three acts, so you can like really build up the story and have some kind of satisfying uh, kind of resolution beats where you can end this, uh, a whole act and then move into something new um, or leave cliffhangers and stuff like that. Um, we're going to basically play with the notion that we're going to do one act here. And if we kind of breeze through it, we'll go through and maybe do a second act. That sounds um, great. Now, what we're going to do is um, we can either take the cards that we have back in our hand and use them to start the game, or we can just kind of discard them and start with a new hand of five. It doesn't really change anything. I just know some people, you know, they may have agonized over these words for a long time and want to see new ones. I usually just take these back in my hand because I like, you know, I just kind of threw them out there. There's a whole other half of these cards I haven't even looked at. And also, I love the opportunity of, of recontextualizing them. Yeah. But sometimes I might want to play Joyous Noise exactly in the same way that it was about my um, who my kid was, you know? So, like, yeah. anyway, um, so I'm just going to um, kind of, like, stick gonna, these back in my hand. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. Where's that? Where did I get them back in my hand? Take card. There you go. Okay. Um, so to start the game, um, in a two-player game, we are each going to lay down um, two of our cards, and we're going to kind of overlap them in a way to make kind of like a cross. So um, if you imagine the cards as being a rectangle made of two squares, mm-hmm. one of the squares is going to just keep getting overlapped on, and there's going to be kind of a wheel and spokes type of thing. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to to help contextualize this, I'm going to invite you to play the first card. And you're basically, again, just going to play any card that you want out of your hand and choose one end of it. And you're going to use one that, uh, that one prompt to kind of describe um, a, a thread, basically, of this act. So this act is going to have four threads that we'll explore. And they can be vague. They can be, um, you know, really mundane things at the start or they can be big things and they can we can explore them later um and then i'll play one and then you'll play another one and i'll play one and then we'll kind of like rationalize the whole thing together before we begin 
So I'm going to do the other side of a card that I played in character creation. And the first card that I'm going to lay down is uh, is Fortuitous Turn. And I think what I envision for Fortuitous Turn is if we're thinking about adventure and we're thinking about like kids and we're picturing that, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking a schoolyard rumor has popped up about like a secret. Somebody found a secret cave in the woods near the school and from there the rumors spiral rapidly there are rumors that it's like a party cave that the high schoolers used to hang out in there's rumors that there's pirate treasure there's rumors that there's a bear and you can go look at a bear uh and then there's rumors that hey it's a weird gross cave like, <laughs> no one knows the details. Everybody has fed, like, the only consistent piece of this rumor is, hey, there's a weird cave nearby. Love it. Um, all right. So I'm going to choose a card. So this will be the kind of start of our wheel and spokes. So mm-hmm. You can kind of see how that goes. I'm choosing Unseen Forces. Um, I think... The small town we live in is a little bit more remote, maybe bordering on some kind of national forest type of situation. Um, and I think that there's, um, there's definitely like a supernatural undercurrent here. Like we can get into more about what that is later, but maybe it's cryptids. Maybe it's like, uh, like a legend about a witch living in the woods. You know, um, this is the confluence of ley lines and, and physics doesn't have any say here. Um, I think there's a lot of different like, takes on it um but i think that's just like an aspect of the kind of um underbelly of this town maybe some of the older generations that might come into play during our story that's really good that's really really good i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw in another thread um that i think is excellent here um really building this out i'm throwing in cold shoulder and i'm taking that kind of literally i think this is if we're thinking about time uh, like time of year and like environment, mm-hmm. I think it is it is like end of November, mm. just shy of like just shy of winter, or maybe it's even like uh like January. So there's not even like holiday lights and stuff. It's just very cold. All the trees oh, yeah. are dead, but it doesn't have that necessarily spooky energy, which kind of makes it worse. It's just kind of cold and gray. But there's not snow on the ground, so everything is just kind of brown and a little wet. Yep. You're speaking to a former Midwest kid, so I know 100% exactly the aesthetic. Love it. All right. Um, Man, I have a lot of good cards here that could be interesting. And I think I'm going to... So we got a lot of, like, cool stuff in, like... We got some paranormal stuff. We got some kids stuff. We got some weather stuff. And so I think I want to add just like a mundane thing and and put joyous noise on here and say something about like, you know, maybe there's like a concert coming up. Maybe there's a performance. Mm. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's that church stuff we talked about. I think that that's like coming up and it's like maybe it's just something on the calendar like a week away or something. And it's really it's just like the kind of ticking time bomb of the whole situation. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, and I think. Terrence is a part of that in some way. Again, I, I, we'll, we'll find out exactly what it is. But I think that's um, what I'm basically setting up is is stakes. At some point, Terrence might have to make a decision between doing this and, and doing something else. That's great. I, I love that. 
So we've created a little cross here um, with our four different threads. And in the middle, we have now um, created a core, um, which is the other end of my last card, which is Uncanny Appearance. Which is admittedly a pretty good last card to land. Which, yeah, I know. I picked Joyous Noise and then I saw the other side and I'm like, no, this is probably correct. Um, so we, we basically interpret that core together. Um, and it doesn't have to be super deep. Again, it doesn't have to be very verbose. It's just like, this is kind of what ties everything together. Um, and I, I, I mean, a, a lot of this already speaks to this, right? We talked about like the, the appearance that the weather has given this place. It's not joyous. It's not even spooky. It's just kind of dreary. And, and the cave and the forces. There's an uncanny detail I want to throw in immediately related yes. to that, that like is, is hitting based on the card you just put down. I think whatever this, uh, concert event is. There is, it is like a, a, like there's a, a carnival or a fair energy to it. Mm-hmm. And so like there, the, 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 the sort of dreariness of the town is like mocked up with like fields of tents and sort of like hanging paper lanterns just kind of like dotted around this sort of gray and dreary landscape. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that appearance of like, uh, that that's that that just adds to that kind of uncanny appearance, right? Is that like, because uh, especially because I think that like we're we're seeing it be set up, so there are like there's mm-hmm. a tent and there are some lanterns, but like nobody else is around. Yeah, we've kind of created like the the town has kind of created this artificial abandoned quality. Yeah, uh, almost almost you might call it a ghost town. Almost. All right. So we've created our, our core here. Um, so, uh, I might not use all the, the official terminology here, but obviously the game is called Tapestry. It's about weaving a story. A lot of the, the game terms that I have chosen for this have to do with that. So you might have heard me say thread, stitch, um, knot will come up. Like, I don't, I'm not going to necessarily say them all correctly because I just want us to like play and explore. But, um, so that's kind of like the vibe here. Um, to that end, we have now created four threads, and there we're gonna take turns playing more cards into this overall spread. And to do that, there are three different ways that you can add to this. Um, so the this kind of standard one is just to like uh, what I call pulling on a thread, and you'll just take one of your cards, choose one of the ends to like be the words you want to talk about, and then slide it under the existing thread. So if I wanted to take a card and talk about um, the cave. But maybe I have this like pleasing aroma card. I can tuck the uh, unwanted advice portion of it under fortuitous turn because I don't want to look at that and talk about the pleasing aroma of this cave. And that just builds on something. It really doesn't um, uh, necessarily cause any chaos or anything. It just kind of like uh, extends what we're already talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other uh, second way you can do it is you can split a thread. So you can take your card and you can place it um, kind of crossways like a T across it. And what you do in this case is you'll use these two prompts to describe two avenues that this thread might take. Mm. The difference here is that on your turn laying this card, you're not actually going to answer any questions. You're going to pose questions. You're going to you're going to say, "Okay, we're talking about this cave. It might have a pleasing aroma and it might be unwanted advice. What do those two things mean?" And then the next time somebody plays in this thread, they have to choose one of those aspects to play off of. 
and place a token on the other side, which is a not, which means that portion of the thread is no longer accessible to us. So if we decide that the cave does have a pleasing aroma and that's very weird, then we put a not on unwanted advice. We're not worried about that anymore. Got it. Um, the other way we can add to this is by um, kind of splitting and uh, like adding to a, a thread existing. So if we already had some cards here, I'm just going to throw a bunch of my cards onto the table here for uh, purposes. Like if we already have this kind of going here and we get all the way out here to a resting event, we're like, eh, I'm not really interested in that, in that anymore. We can put a knot on the end of that, go back somewhere in the thread, add another card branching off somewhere else and go, oh, let's talk about intangible worth now. Love it. So we can do that in a couple different ways. And if, uh, you know, we can definitely throw a lot of, at you there just for a second. So um, uh, we can review that. Mm-hmm. For a round, we're each going to play two cards. I'll play a card, you play a card, and then again, um, drawing cards as we exhaust our hands. We always have some cards in our hand. Uh, after we've each taken two turns, the round is over. We'll take turns placing knots on threads. So we'll just say at, at this point, one of these threads is done, right? Maybe we've decided that the weather plot line is kind of played out and we've explored it as much as we want to. We put a knot on it. And that just helps kind of focus the rest of our act into the interesting stuff that we want to focus on. Love it. Yeah. And then we'll do that round structure four times, which will mean at some point everything will basically be knotted. Um, if there's anything kind of straggling, we can wrap those up um, in like kind of a post-act type of thing. But the whole point is to kind of like, we can't be everywhere all at once. These kids mm-hmm. have to kind of focus their attention on something, and it means that they'll neglect something else. So that's why we put knots on it. Um, Got it. Yeah. And then that's the end of the act. Um, if we were playing a longer game, we would like collect all the cards, kind of sum up the act, and then talk about how we roll into the next act. What's the next part of the story? Um, so we'll see if we get there. Um, and I think the last thing then is um, just when it is your turn to lay a card. Um, the only advice here is to set a scene. You don't necessarily have to role play it. You don't have to add a lot. It could be very, very short. You could just say, I'm adding to cold shoulder by talking about like this storm system is moving in. And that's kind of ominous. And that could be it. That could be your whole thing there. Um, or it could be more verbose. We could... Um, mm-hmm play it out. We can talk to each other. We can talk to, we can create NPCs on the fly. We could do all sorts of things. Um, really, it's it's just up to you how deep you want to get into it and how much you want to add to the story, whatever feels right in that moment. Love it. Awesome. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, do you, do you, looking at your hand, is there anything that stands out to you that you would like to go first? Yeah. Yeah, there really there is. There's one that immediately <laughs> jumps out to me. There usually is. <laughs> I'm going to add to a thread. And I'm going to see if I am adding a grand entrance to fortuitous turn. And I think that the scene is, you know, we we follow through, we follow the, we follow like our, our unseen, uh, our, our unseen eye through the, the town. Like we follow our camera through the town and we see all the snow or the, the, the dirt on the ground and we see the tents and the, the, the festival lighting and we find ourselves, um, like we see this cave entrance, right? And it is, uh, you can you can see. I think like we can see at a glance. Like we the we the viewer can see at a glance exactly why this cave has spun so many different rumors, and like some of them are ordinary, and some of them are absolutely supernatural. Because this cave looks 
terrifying. It's got stalactites. It's I got always, stalagmites and stalactites. Yeah, every cave uh, has both. That's how we get by. Uh, and it, it, they they are absolutely all like along the, the mouth of the cave, giving it the look of teeth. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely like it's got the look of teeth. It's got the look of jaws. It just you can stare at this and go, oh, yeah, this is a uh, mortifying. <laughs> yeah, even even the adults can look at it and be like, oh, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> uh, so I think that's that's the scene is I think um, I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Is Terrence here alone or has Terrence brought other or has Terrence come with other kids, brought other kids or come here alone? To the cave entrance? Yeah. Um, I kind of see Terrence as a little bit more of not a follower, but like just kind of like on their own. And if they happen to be in a group of people, they can mesh into it. But it's not really like this is my group of kids. So it's Got probably it. just like whatever the last class of the day was or whatever club or sport happened to be like letting out. It was just like, hey, we're going to go look at the cave. You know, Terrence, do you want to come along? And it's like, yeah, sure. I got nothing else to do. So I think it's a little bit of following, just a little bit of kind of being in the same place at the same time. And, and um, yeah, listening to all these different wild explanations about the cave. Some people claim the cave wasn't even here before, right? Like it's a, it's a, somehow a new cave. And again, people are making up all sorts of stuff about the teeth of the cave. Um, I think there's a heated discussion about who gets to name the cave and what the cave's name is. That's great. That's very, very good. And I think uh, in the, in the camera lens kind of pulls into Terrence and the rest of that noise kind of fades out. And I think it's like going back and forth between Terrence and the cave. And I think, Terrence is somehow like really enthralled by this cave and really can't explain why at this point. That's really, really good. I love that. I think that's a good moment to, 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 to leave the scene and, and see what our next, uh, what our next turn is. Love it. Um, so yeah. And, and always remember you can draw uh, another card. So you always have some in your hand here to work with. Yep. I will draw another card. What do we want? What do we want? Um, I think... Oh, it's a good card to draw. I'm excited for this one. I think, as much as... I know I'm getting rid of Pleasing Aroma here, and I, I've said the word Pleasing Aroma a lot, so I'm, I'm, let, let's get away from that. I don't want the cave to smell weird. Um, I'm putting Unwanted Advice under Joyous Noise. So I think, you know, after the, the cave uh, kind of dies down and everybody has to go home for dinner at the end of that day, I think Terrence is back at home. I think their parents are you know, doing up dinner and one of the parents is just very like, you got to do your extracurriculars. You got to get into college. You got like, it's, it's this obvious like railroad track plan that every single, you know, person must follow if they want to succeed. And so I think it's like, you know, you're good at this music. You're, you're, you know, you're good at what you do. You have to focus on it. If you do this now, I know you don't want to, but it will be good for you. You'll get ahead. You'll have a great job. Like, it's all this, like, advice that is well meant and obviously, like, comes with love. But it's just a story that Terrence has heard so often. And it's just Mm -hmm. kids don't want to do what they're told, like, explicitly. That's not what they're into. Um, So I think that's kind of just setting the stage a little bit more for Terrence to say... This is where they're coming from. Like, it's not a family of trauma. Like, it is a very nice family. It's just like, Terrence is maybe in that space that all kids go through at some point where it's like, what's my passion? What do I care about? What makes me, me? That's great. That rules. I love that. 
All right, back to you. All right, I am going to, I am going to, uh, exactly like you said, I am going to add a thread, or I am going to pull on a thread. I'm going to pull a thread, and I am going to use my card exactly, uh, exactly as I as I originally did, but also with a little bit of a twist. And I am going to build off of that unwanted advice and put natural leader here. Because I think that we see Terrence in their bedroom, right? We see their what is their what does their bedroom look like? Kind of feel like it's more emulation than anything. Like Terrence knows what a kid's bedroom is supposed to look like, so there's like posters and you know memorabilia and stuff like that around. But I don't know if any of it. It doesn't feel cohesive really, and it, none of it feels super authentic. I think it's just them trying to find themselves and say like, do I, I like that. do I like rock music? Do I like you know, this TV show? Do I like sci-fi? Do I like this, you know, fantasy book series that everybody was talking about last year? Um, and, you know, again, I think it's like the parents are very supportive here. Like they're, they they buy them these posters, they buy them these books. Um, but I don't think any of it holds a lot of true personal meaning for Terrence. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, and I, 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 I think there's gotta be like one window that looks out to the backyard. Yes. And I think through that window, uh, I think like we see over Terrence's shoulder and I imagine at this point, Terrence is fairly unfazed, even if we, the viewer, have a moment of panic (laughs) as we see wearing like a, wearing like a 60s, like a, like a pseudo evil Knievel outfit on like a, on like a red 50s bicycle, uh, flying towards the window as if from like the sickest jump ever is chum on the bike and then fate and like phases right through the window as a ghost and then just starts kind of like doing like hot like unicycle hops and like uh wheelies yeah um and is just going around going you know you got to see that cave right you know we're going to see that cave i saw the cave i think it, i think this is terrence like terrence is trying to try and downplay the cave because it made them feel so weird so it's just like it's just a cave like you know well, like, I mean, well, you saw you saw the outside of the cave. You didn't see the cave. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Terrence has been like constantly thinking about that cave. I think Terrence is very quiet at dinner because they've been thinking about what's inside the cave. Yeah. Um, but I think like the weird part is, is every time they try and imagine what's in a cave, they can't see it. They can't see anything. Every time they think about the cave, it's just dark in their brain, um, which I think is. Uh, exciting to them, but also a bit scary. Uh, And the thing that I love that I'm learning about Chum in this, in this scene is the idea that Chum like appears to kids when they're about to go on an adventure, but is also kind of a devil on your shoulder to be like, I think you need to do this really. You need to do this really. It's a chicken and egg. Yeah. Am I, am I going on an adventure and therefore you showed up or is the reason I'm going to go on an adventure because you showed up? I think that's great. I think that's great. And I love ride like doing 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 tricks and like riding a circle around Terrence and being like, You heard the stories. There could be there could be uh there's I've heard there's a full four person X Men arcade machine in the cave. <laughs> I've heard there's a Yeti. Who can say? Who can say what is true? You can say what is true when you go in the cave. I love it. All right, what turn? What 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 does our next turn look like? Yeah, I man, I I have some cards. I got some cards here. What do we want? Oh, I really want to save this. 
I know that that's like the opposite advice I ever give people playing this game is don't save your cards, but okay. I'm going to try and follow my own advice. So I'm going to throw this card out here just so you can see both ends of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess for the listener, I have inescapable danger and frank honesty. So this is like, I think, okay, okay, hang on. Perfect. I, I, I wrote, I wrote the game to accommodate this. Um, if you can't decide, you, you do a split. Yeah. So I think I'm putting this on grand entrance, which is our cave thread for now. And I, I'm, I'm making it a split. I think, uh, let's say, let's say that was Friday. So now it's Saturday and Terrence has the day off and, you know, gets back to the cave, uh, somewhere, you know, as, as is Chum's like MO. Chum either Chum Chum is never just like oh spooky ghost just pops in. Chum always appears as if coming from a sick jump. It's yeah, always yeah, yeah. a trick. It's always something. It's never just like rolls in or even just pops in. It's always like over this hill out of nowhere or or just literally falls out of a tree or something. And I think that's what happens is Terrence is walking to the cave and, and again it's this very cool jump with like maybe it's like it's a flip but it didn't work but you're a ghost so it's okay and so it's just like you kind of like phase through the ground and then stand back up and brush yourself off and and then you're pushing the bike next to terrence and we're on the way to the cave and again as is like the sight gag of the show terrence is never phased by this no not even a little bit and we're walking to the cave and I think we get there, and I don't think this is something that is, like, said or even known to the characters. I just think, like, from a story perspective, like, if we're writing the script, inside that cave is either inescapable danger or frank honesty. And I think the difference here is, is this cave going to be a physical challenge for the kids, or is it going to be more of kind of like an emotional personal journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels great. I really like that. Um, So we now have each played two cards. Yeah. So because you started the round, um, we have these tokens here. I'll I'll bring one down close to where we're playing. So you're going to choose any of these open ends. So basically the ends are anything that could have a card played on it next round. So frank honesty, inescapable danger, unseen forces, cold shoulder, and natural leader are all available to us here. If you, you as the, the player of this game, you get to decide what, what we care about. And it can be, you know, empowered by the story that we've had. So like, again, maybe we haven't done anything on cold shoulder or unseen forces. And, you know, maybe now is the time to just say, you know what? Maybe these unseen forces, maybe these like witch stories, maybe that's not what this act or story is going to be about. And we can just put the knot there. Um, so, but you are, you are ultimately in charge of that. Um, there's a lot of, uh, narrative balance here like next round mm-hmm. i'll get a turn to do the yeah. lead card and not so ultimately the decision's up to you about where that not goes so i i know exactly where i want to put it i'm glad that we put it on here for aesthetic purposes mm-hmm. but hold on can i grab these uh i'm gonna put the knot on cold shoulder okay uh i don't seem to be able to grab the oh, there you go um yeah i'm gonna put the shot and put the knot on cold shoulder i think that like I'm glad that it's there aesthetically because I think it does color a lot of like what we're exploring on our other threads. But I think in terms of 
I don't I don't see a lot more of the story building off of that. And I think it's something that like now that we're now that we're kind of in the shit, I think it's kind of where uh, I think it's kind of where the characters are kind of like have kind of reached a point of acceptance with it. Like they like I mm-hmm. think we're seeing them in like pea coats and 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 leather jackets and things. But like it's not really something that they're going to be like directly interacting with. Yeah, got it. Especially as we're, like, standing at the literal cave entrance here, the outside weather may not feature as much where we're going. All right. Okay, so we've completed a round. Um, We each now have, yep, refilled our hands with some cards. And now um, I will be starting the round. And what do we want? I'm going to... I'm going to play this card over here without thinking too hard about it up front and just kind of talk about it and see what happens. So I'm adding abundant resources to unseen forces. And I think like what's standing out to me here is like, there's probably some old folklore about this area. You know, the, the, again, I grew up in the Midwest, so this is very much like what I grew up with. There's, there's these, um, you know, settler stories. There's these mm-hmm. explorers. It's very glorified. It's we we found this brand new land, which is empirically false. Sure. Um, and it's these people came to this area, and it was. I don't think they came here for resources, but they were just like this. Whoever started this community was leaving some other area, and maybe it was like a group of people who didn't fit into the social and religious norms of the day, and they were a little bit weird, which might explain some of our unseen forces, like, lore in this area. And we weren't really going anywhere. But we ended up here, and this place had, you know, forests, and it had fields, and it had, you know, a little bit of everything, right? Maybe this cave system talks to um, some mining that used to happen here, and there's probably water nearby that provided, you know, fish and stuff. Um, So I think that's kind of like, why these people are here. And then the way it plays into Unseen Forces is like, there's probably a lot of like, there's probably a harvest festival here. There's probably like, you know, oh, people leave little bits of food on their porch to like give to the spirits of this place or something like that. There's probably a lot of like tie in between our folklore and like the giving thanks for these resources. Um, I like that. Which is probably super appropriative in certain places. Um, but um, but again, I think that that's just a little bit more color on like what exactly this folklore is all about here. I like that. I really really looking at my cards. I almost also want to. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with my first instinct and also split a thread here. This feels like a good moment to do it because I think the scene is Terrence is at the at the mouth of the cave, and I think like there is there is a sense of like. There is a sense of, uh, this is, this also kind of establishes, uh, Chum's character a little bit in that I am splitting the thread of natural leader of either pertinent warning or messy outcome. <laughs> and I think like, cause I think that like, we've seen this in like this long walking shot of us through the woods and we probably passed some tents and some signs of the festival is like, um, Chum just will not shut up about all the possibilities of this cave, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think, and maybe this is also kind of pointing me, I mean, uh, like, this is a future, this is projecting a future action, but, like, this is kind of giving me some thoughts about, like, a future action to take with the other split thread, but, like, the idea that, like, I, like he is, 
actively actively spurring this adventure and it's either going to be uh he's doing it to to give you the heads up about where it's going or it's all going to explode very dramatically Mm -hmm. but one way or another he is thoroughly in terrence's head and they are like they are soaking it up right like it is it is every bit for as magical uh for as magical a a character as Terrence is, I think the dynamic here is every bit a teenager spinning stories to make a younger kid think that they're cool. And is just, and that's either going mm-hmm. to go really, really well, or it's going to go really, really badly. Yeah. Okay. So this thread that we're on started with Joyous Noise, which was kind of about this concert. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of morphed into this like duality of like, who is Terrence going to take advice yeah. from and and who who is going to be the voice which, inside their which head. noise is the joyous noise yeah yeah and and i know i know which noise is um because of this intangible worth you know we talked about this relationship before you know in terrence's mind the uh, chum is a ghost and therefore has like is worldly is supernatural has more to offer even though chum is just uh you know yeah like a kid another kid who did too many like one too many sick jumps when they were alive you know to to terrans and their limited scope in the world that's got to be more important and more um valuable than their parents their parents have never been ghosts. They don't, they don't know. They've never transcended anything. So um, I'm putting a tangible worth on messy outcome and putting a knot on pertinent warning. And I think Terrence is, Terrence is going to get into uh, a messy outcome here. Oof. 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 <laughs> I just, uh, the card I just drew hurt, just punched me in the gut. Cause I see exactly the action. And I think we, I think we, we finally get to the cave and we have that moment. I think that, we see the moment, we see the, the moment that you're describing is very much like Terrence. They steal themselves and they get excited and they take the moment and, you know, maybe, maybe we're both on bikes and we like ride and we do a jump and this is where it punch, this is where, this is where the gut punch comes and the card that I have is common sense swirling angst and I'm putting common sense and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tying the thread or I'm split. What, what am I doing here? I am. I am nodding an end of the thread. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding the end that is inex- that is inescapable danger. Uh, yes. Tying it to uh, frank honesty and showing common sense because I think we get inside and it's a cave. And I think yeah. like the the big ultimate like we 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 get inside and like there's a there's a whole fake montage of us or a whole like tension building montage of us riding the bikes. We jump inside and we take a curve. And we take another curve and we've got our flashlights and we finally like we see a crackle of light and we finally like peer around a corner. And it Mm -hmm. is, in fact, just like a hangout spot where some older kids used to hang out. And so like the crackling light is just like an old electric like it's like a fly zapper that is hanging that is kind of zapping. (laughs) And there are some magazine like there are some car magazines and comic books. And mm-hmm. there is like uh five cans of Mountain Dew Baja Blast from a twelve pack that was purchased. Like it's just kind of nothing. It's just kind of a weird hangout spot that the older kids used to hang mm-hmm. out. 
And that is the the common sense angle of like, yeah, kind of, of course it would be. <laughs> I like it. Um, so an, another like really fun part of this game is I, so it's my turn right now to place a knot in under a round. I was certain I knew what was going to be, what I was going to do. And I'm completely changing what I'm going to do based on that. So um, I'm putting this knot over on um, the abundant resources card, which is the unforeseen forces thread. I think the the kind of shine coming off of this cave is really taking the shine off of everything for Terrence. I think like suddenly all of the folklore that they used to be interested in, they used to like scour the library for like UFO encrypted books. And this was like, you know, part of what they grew up with. It's all gonna like, it's all gonna get a little duller, you know, as they kind of like have a, a moment of growing up in this cave. Um, just to say like, man, none of it is as cool as I thought it was. Like, I bet if I look in, like, if I look in the metaphorical cave of anything, it's going to be a metaphorical, you know, shitty teenage hangout. Um, So I'm putting a knot there, um, which kind of like unofficially signifies like what our story is about now, right? Like we still have this thread about Terrence balancing real life and their life with chum. And then we still have some um, stuff to explore with the cave, which, um, which I'm excited to get into. I am too. Okay. So I believe you now get to start the round yes. and we'll also be nodding um, when we're, when we're done with this. Yes. round. Yes, yes, yes. And I will now actually this, this immediately, I think this immediately. Um, oh, this is good. Um, my brain, wheels have started to spin and like, I'm reading the words on this card. <laughs> And I, I think there's a very fun way to immediately put like a wild pivot on the plot, the point of the story that we're in, where it feels like this is sort of the moment of like it all kind of stops being magical. And I think it becomes magical in like a much different and weirder way. Mm-hmm. I'm putting I'm adding to the thread of common sense and I'm putting inevitable collapse on the board. Oh, boy. And I think that we have this montage of. I think that the weeks have gone by, and I think that, like, Terrence has told the other kids, like, they've talked about, like, yeah, it was just, like, a, some comic books and, and some sodas, and, like, it has become a little bit of a, of a, of a kid hangout. It's, like, kind of become, again, a kid hangout spot. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, uh, some of the, the, the magic of the supernatural and the weirdness, some of the weirdness and the supernatural has faded, and so Terrence has been kind of just, like, reading ordinary books. And I think the the first weird, the first sign that something is still up is that is that Chum is still kind of just riding his bike around Terrence. Mm-hmm. But I think you eventually read a book, or Terrence eventually reads a book, is reading about like the impact, like is reading about like erosion and like natural effects of running water, <laughs> and like happens to like flash back to that montage with cracks in the stone, water on mm. the walls. Oh no, this cave is going to collapse soon. Yeah, like identifies the exact co- like sedimentary composition of the cave wall and goes like, "Oh wait, kids shouldn't be in there banging on walls and yeah, stuff." Yeah, and I, th- <laughs> I do think we cut to a we cut to a kid just like banging drumsticks on a wall, just like having a blast, and like you see like the little bits of rock like tumbling around them, and it's like oh this cave is gonna fall in on itself and this is in fact mm-hmm. uh horrifyingly dangerous and suddenly the the this ghost 
this ghost of teen, this ghost of childhood adventure floating around makes a lot more sense in this moment. I know the card and I know the place and I, I'm going to play it and I don't think it's quite right for the rules, but you know what? It's my game. Go for it. So, um, okay. So on Inevitable Collapse, I'm playing a split card that has enticing option and unexplained loss. And I think what I want to get out of this is that Terrence now has an, like a decision point where they are now burdened with the knowledge of this cave possibly collapsing, right? Like a real, actual danger. This isn't metaphorical. This isn't spooky. It's not even necessarily supernatural. It's just like that cave could collapse at any moment and anybody in it like literally could die. Um, so I think they're burdened with that. And I think that they also are presented with some other opportunity that would otherwise occupy their time. So, uh, again, I don't think, I don't think following these two options really follows the rules strictly of my, of the game as written. But I think that's what I wanted to try and get with this card is whether or not Terrence is going to pass up some kind of enticing option to go like deal with the cave situation or are they going to ignore the cave situation and go follow their own path and well okay now i'm now now things are cooking let me draw a card (laughs) because i might have the perfect i might have the perfect build for that i do have i do have kind of the perfect build for that i have to decide which direction i want this to go on because i think i i want to propose what that enticing option maybe is and maybe it's that like Mm-hmm. Bringing it back around to the original definition of joyous noise, like maybe it is, uh, maybe you've been offered, maybe Terrence has been offered, like lead, like like to be like a star featured handbell player in in this like concert at the festival, but like mm-hmm. but like if they're there playing at the concert, like that's when they've got to actively be like ringing the metaphorical bell of hey people got to get away from this cave, <laughs> and what I want to then propose it's got to be. It's it's kind of I almost did the exact same move that you're doing by splitting this, but I think mm-hmm. instead I'm adding to the thread of intangible worth and I'm putting mm-hmm. untested experiment here okay. to say like maybe what happens is like that crisis point uh that crisis point of so then maybe it doesn't go on intangible worth, maybe it goes on unexplained loss. I'm going to keep it where it is. I'm going to keep it where it is. Because maybe okay. what it is, is it goes back to that intangible worth. And maybe this is the moment that uh, that Chum kind of proves that worth by throwing out a, what if you were able to do both at once? Like, what if you were able to, what if you were able to, to play that lead role, but in doing mm-hmm. so, like, take control and, like, get everyone's attention and get everyone away from the caves and let everybody know that this is about to happen? Like like suggest some kind of like ridiculous plan that says hey we're about to do something absolutely ridiculous we are about to take on something that like we do not necessarily have the capacity to take on but like what if we can crack this yeah okay so here's the thing yeah this card is is both of those answers got it it could be either one so i have a card that says hard truths or welcoming crowd. So I think what you kind of described was like, right, do both. And the only way to do both is to is to do the lead role thing and then utilize that platform to get a message out. Um, and what's it going to be? So I guess 
I guess like what what is that? What kind of story do we want to tell? Like, do we want to tell us a somber story here about like a teen who was not listened to? I think I think uh, especially and a bad thing happens. I, I think I think at this point, I think like I think I'd rather end the. I think I think this feels like it's building to like a. This feels mm-hmm. like it's building to like a a, a a a heartwarming thing. I think like if we're thinking about the, the material that we that we kind of threw out as the things that have been spinning our wheels, I think like <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's as true. true of Craig of the Creek as it kind of is as Beavis of, of Beavis and Butthead that like things yeah. do kind of work out in the end, and I think that's the that feels like yeah. the right emotional truth to chase. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to propose then. I, and we, I know we keep like moving these cards all over the place, but here's what I'm going to propose. And, and it's going to be a little bit of a proposal for your not as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to put these over here. Okay. I'm going to say untested experiment is finished with welcoming crowd. That feels good. So I think the plan works. I think it's this handbell solo featured you know type of thing i think the town loves it i think you know like the parents are super just like thrilled right this is just oh it's such a this is going to look great on a college application right that kind of um kind of (laughs) passive aggressive child support that they give um and then you know ends with like a speech about like you know the Something like the you know the kids are not safe here. Like I need I need you all to like find your children, come with me right now. We're gonna go to this cave. We're gonna save these kids. And I think yeah, it's it's that Craig of the Creek style look where it's like we get there. Maybe there's some hesitance, mm-hmm. but like we get there and we pull the kids out just as things are collapsing. And 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 it and it all works out. Um, and so I'm gonna. Actually, you know what? Here's what I want to propose. I want to propose we're going to put this up here under enticing options because it means a good thing happened. And therefore, I'm going to not unexplained loss. Okay. Um, okay. And now that finishes our round. So I think what I was going to say about your not is I feel like both of these separate threads, like the cave yeah. thread and this whole like parent uh, advice uh, handball solo type thread are basically the same thing. So, um, if you have a, like a good, strong story beat for knotting one of these or I, the other. I, I think I do. I think I know which one I want to knot. And I think it's cause like there's, cause that, cause what's going to effectively happen is that's going to really allow us to build in our final kind of round off of mm-hmm. one specific thread. And I know what kind of thread I think I, especially since like this will probably, this will be like the end of our game and this will be like our wrap up yeah. point. I think putting yep. the th- put nodding untested experiment that feels like a natural resolution point for for both the sense of like should tear like is it is it is it safe to trust Chud the answer is sometimes uh should Terrence be listening to their parents the answer is sometimes like I feel like we've <laughs> answered a lot of those questions and that means the yeah. thread that is open that's going to be immediately explored is welcoming crowd and that feels like a good almost epilogue beat is like is like what does what does after this look what does like the aftermath of this look like for terrence and for Mm -hmm. chum like that's the thing that i'm interested in exploring in the next round yeah um yeah and i think i have i think i have a good card to kick us off here so i'm gonna add unexpected insight 
Um, and I think like the, the parents feel differently about Terrence. I think the town in general feel differently about Terrence. I think all the kids definitely think differently of Terrence because like even no matter how many times Terrence tries to explain, I saw this in a book. I'm just, a, I'm kind of smart and I, I saw the signs. They still are like, oh no, like you couldn't possibly like that. This is supernatural. You knew you, you're, you're an oracle. Uh, I think kids come to Terrence to like ask advice on like mm-hmm. stuff they're yeah, doing. That's very, like, should I that's take very good. this that's class very, very or this good. class? Um, and so I think the unexpected insight is just like, Terrence is just kind of looking at the world in a different way. It's like, you can be smart, but people may not even recognize that, but you'll still get ahead. But, and I think it's just kind of this like swirling, you know, spiral of like, yes, ands and yes, buts. But I think the insight, the unexpected insight is that, you know, you can be kind of like revered, you can be um, popular, you can do all of these things for like the wrong reasons. Like sometimes the world just shakes out. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. and you know, it's, it's just kind of like, again, it's, it's a lot of right place, right time. It's a lot of, you know, I got, Terrence got arrested and didn't do anything. And, but now Terrence did something and everybody just thinks it was like supernatural. Right, yeah, so yeah. like, what's the, right. Like I think again, Terrence is just growing up a bit too fast. Um, and I, I would also love to know if, um, if, if your character has any, new unexpected insights or if they're still just doing their sick jumps as usual that is like and i i i actually kind of i i know my next move and it kind of really builds on that question to kind of the answer to that question is kind of no is kind of no <laughs> and it like because i have this card that like really really like splitting this thread is really fascinating in this particular way because mm-hmm. i have loving embrace and unique events i i mm-hmm. i think that like answering that question is no right answering the question is whether chud has learned something or whether chud is still just doing zig jumps and showing up and offering opportunities at adventure it's so interesting to picture like it brings us back around to that inciting moment right that sort of devil on the shoulder like hey do you want to go look at a weird cave i think that there's Mm -hmm. a moment where uh where the phantom shows up and um like is riding and and there's this moment right there's this moment of decision and may and loving embrace maybe takes the form here of i think it kind of this kind of represents sort of the the crossroads moment for Terrence of, ah, I see Chud is presenting me with another, like, big, weird opportunity. Maybe it's, hey, did you hear that they maybe sort of found, uh, they maybe <laughs> sort of found, uh, an old, uh, box that fell off of a boat? Who knows what could be inside? Like, maybe do we gotta go by the docks and look at this weird old box? Uh, and, like, it represents, like, unique events is very much like, do I continue to follow chud and this weird sense of like small town adventure or loving embrace do i move away from that and and look towards something a little more a little more mundane and a little more every day i gotta throw a little sad in here but i think it'll be okay okay so if i if i heard correctly like loving embrace is like go off with chud and continue doing these things and you unique events is kind of like get back to the town and 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 everything and i think I want to play unchecked happiness on unique events, though. So it's kind of a mixed 
thing here for Terrence. And I think what the, I think what it all comes down to is just like, maybe they recognize, not that they don't need Chud anymore, but like, maybe like Chud pops in when the time is correct, when the time is right, when they are needed. And I think maybe that's real. What Terrence is realizing is like, I'm, I'm growing up, I'm, I'm moving on. And there's other kids that need Chud, right? And I think the, I think they're happy about that. And I think that they're, they say to Chud, like, you know, you know, you, I, I can't go look at the weird box that the boat dropped, but you know what? There's this kid who's two grades below me who's like in need of that. Like he's, you know, he's got no friends. Maybe he just moved here. People pick on him and he could really use an adventure. And, you know, why don't you go take him to go see the box? And, um, and I think that that's happiness for Chud. Like that's another new kid, you mm-hmm. know, in, in probably a very long line of kids over the decades where they can just kind of restart and say, it's just adventure now. It's, you know, it's that adventure period before we grow up. Um, when, when every, even the mundane, even when a, a box of probably like soaked fishing tackle mm-hmm. is probably all it is, but, that's a relic. That's a treasure. And, and that kid is going to see that magic and see that treasure. And I can be, Terrence can be happy about that, knowing that I had that in my life also. And, uh, I know the exact, oh, this, the, the card I drew is, is pitch perfect, especially because this is either the last <laughs> card of the game or the second to last card of the game. I'm playing promising future on that. I'm pulling this, I'm pulling this thread further and playing promising future. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, we skip ahead. I think that maybe, maybe, maybe we don't skip ahead, but maybe we, um, maybe like Terrence, we cut to a few days later. Terrence is like in, um, in their, in their, in their, in their cooking class. Like Terrence is taking, is yes. in their cooking class, um, is, is baking, uh, is baking a cake, is like Frost putting the finishing touches on a cake and like happens to, to look up. And I think, like, I think, see, I think there's a, there's a snapshot of, like, the last graduating class, right? Like, maybe it's the, maybe it's the cooking club, and there's a picture of, like, last year's, uh, like, last year's graduates, and there's a kid a few years older than Terrence, and she's, like, uh, she's, like, standing there, and she's got this big trophy, and, like, kind of half translucent over her shoulder, Terrence sees Chud. And mm-hmm. like, and kind of like has this smile of like, oh, this is like an ongoing line thing. And then we see a moment, um, we see a moment, uh, like it pans out and we see the photo of Terrence, uh, of Terrence's graduating class. And like, we see a picture of Terrence with the handbell of like all the yearbook photos of the photos through the years. And we see Terrence with the handbell and Chud throwing the throwing the heavy metal horns behind Terrence and <laughs> like we see this this kid down by the dock and it's revealed that like actually there was a mermaid in that in that uh in that box and like we get all of these little things and like it's just photo after photo and Ter- and and Chud is in the background of all of them and it's like years and years and we see like we see like uh a an, a grown Terrence maybe even as a teacher at the school or as a chef or wherever they end up we just see them looking at all these photos and seeing that, like the the the, the and and seeing the connection that, like, yeah, Chud never Chud never moves on, but continues to whenever a kid needs 
that little push to go on an adventure and learn something about themselves is there to kind of like bring something uh bring something to life and like give them that opportunity in the biggest weird weird way possible i love that so much um all right i mean officially i'm i'm left to put a knot and it's the last knot of the of the act on it goes on promising future um i think terrence has like you know the yearbooks and the photo albums in in front of them and they close it and they just have this you know like nice deep breath in and, and a sigh and a smile and i think they're their child, their their kind of like middle school child comes in, looks a bit exasperated, looks bored. I don't know what to do. I don't have anything to do. And I think Terrence just kind of smiles at them and says, you know, you know, I heard that there's, uh, you know, these these rocks all stacked up on each other exactly in the middle of this weird field. Why don't you go check that out? Maybe you'll maybe you'll find an adventure there. I love that. That's what a, what a perfect what a perfect ending beat. And that is our game. Damn, that, that was, was beautiful. Uh, that was it wonderful. Was really, I'm so it was happy. Really good. I like I said, I've never had a bad game of this. I think this might be the first kind of like slice of life game I've ever played of Tapestry. Like usually, it, it gets pretty wild pretty quick. Like I've done like film noir monster hunters. I've done like Renaissance Italy secret societies. I've done space i've done pirates i've done all sorts of wild things and this is kind of like the first time we've just followed a a kid and their their ghost friend around for a little bit and um yeah i loved it again you could we could have like we wrapped everything up in one act Mm -hmm. it's it's very one shottable but like you know you can play several acts of this you know we could we could take act two and start as terrence's child right like we could we could start there or we could go back and do a flashback and explore chud's life or something so you know Again, I think that's kind of the double-edged sword of this game is it's really hard to market this game as anything, but also it could be everything. Right. I think I I I I think I I mean I I think it's a beautiful framework for like telling these all these really like interwoven stories. Uh, now you've got me doing the terminology, but um like yeah. I think it's I think it, it does it does just kind of like build these things off of each other and like the the sense of like we're just going to we're going to see where we go with it and we're going to follow the story where it takes us is like a really wonderful and beautiful experience that just like it, it filled me with joy and i could not be happier that we got to play it today me too Ah, uh, so i'm glad you enjoyed I had it. such a i had such a good time thank you so much for playing this with me absolutely so real quick before i wrap up where can people find you your work and tapestry online yeah um so again i'm matthew gravelin uh you can find me most places as mr matthew mr matthew um if you go to my twitter that's like my my kind of main hub here you can find all my games on itch at mr hyphen matthew.itch.io. Uh, you can go there, slash tapestry will bring you to the digital page for tapestry. Um, what's cool about the digital um, version is you can print and play these at home really easily. It's all black and white. Um, there's also files in there to upload into Roll20. So if you want to play digitally, you can. Uh, and then there are links to go buy physical copies of tapestry, which, um, as I mentioned, it all fits in a mint tin. It's perfect for uh, cons. Uh, it's perfect for travel. It's perfect for, you know, you can just uh, inject a little one shot. Some people play it as a supplement to other games. Um, I, again, I, I would love this to be in more people's hands. And um, you can always, always, always send me 
pictures or screenshots of your game and tell me about your stories uh, on Twitter at Mr. Matthew. I, I love them. I will never not want that. Oh, beautiful. Wonderful. Uh, could not be happier. This kicked ass. Thank you so much for playing it with me. Uh, and for now, I'm going to throw it over Thank- to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Matthew for coming on to the show. That game was... God, it was really perfect. Honestly, it made me cry editing it, which I think is about the highest praise that I can give an episode. Um, Just a really beautiful story. The game facilitated that and, you know, encouraged us and gave us ritual to play with and all the ways that you want a storytelling game to do. And I could not be happier about the play experience we had. It was truly special and I'm truly grateful. Be sure to pick up your own copy of Tapestry at Mr. Matthew. That's mr-matthew.itch.io slash tapestry or check the show notes for more information, and be sure to follow Matthew on Twitter at Mr. Matthew. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Uh, support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or kofi.com slash jeffstormer. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, head to bit.ly slash Discord. Talk to us about the show, gritty, wrestling, I don't know, all kinds of shit. If you enjoy the show and you also like, you know, t-shirts and notebooks and, I don't know, stuff... Head to bit.ly slash party of one merch to check out our merch store. And then finally, if you're looking for another podcast to enjoy, if you've gotten to the end of this and you're thinking, God, I wish I had another two hours of just listening to Jeff play games. I've got two great podcasts for you. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, where my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I, we take a listener prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy story, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. I literally just got done recording an episode with Aaron, and I am jazzed up. It is one of my favorite experiences. You can find more information about that at oneshotpodcast.com. And you should also check out Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast, a four-episode miniseries I produced with Possum Creek Games that recently won the Best of the Best Award at Fiction Podcasting at New Jersey Web Fest. One of the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm not going to stop screaming about it. That's a slice of life actual play about a magical bed and breakfast, a heartless witch, and all the many people making their homes inside. You can find that at tinyurl.com slash podcast. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rain featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show as a guest, or about press coverage... You can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.